0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. As Victoria enters a second lockdown, Scott Morrison has offered an apolitical response to the Labor state. In part, he knows the economic impact of the latest closure will affect the entire country. Today, Paul Bongiorno, on the next stage of the coronavirus pandemic. Good morning. The city of Melbourne has been plunged back into lockdown as police warned they will be ruthless to keep five million residents... Tonight, the army will move in, helping police create a ring of steel around the city.
1: Protected by rolling roadblocks and mobile patrol. They'll start
2: enforcing the second shutdown from midnight and we're being warned not to expect any leniency. Bear in mind, this will be a massive hit to the economy. This will be a huge hit for workers and their employers. They now have to endure another six-week lockdown.
0: Paul, tell me about this latest shutdown in Victoria, how it began and how the federal leadership has been involved.
1: Well, Ruby, it, uh, it is a terrible situation. By Monday of this week, the Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews was sending out an SOS to the rest of Australia. He was responding to a new spike in coronavirus cases. He spoke with Scott Morrison and New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian and told them the health advice left no option but to embark on a desperate containment strategy.
0: Paul Bongiorno is a columnist for The Saturday Paper.
1: That same day, Victoria hit a single-day peak of 191 new cases and, Ruby, that's the highest anywhere in the country since the pandemic began. And in just seven days to Wednesday, the state had recorded more than a quarter of its overall 2,942 cases.
0: And, Paul, this comes after the much more draconian and police-led shutdown of public housing towers in Melbourne.
1: Yes, there are nine social housing tower blocks, high-rise blocks with 3,000 people in them. 70 were found to have been infected with coronavirus, so everybody was locked down and tested. And uh, yesterday they're expecting to get those results back. Of those uh, nine public housing towers that had been in complete lockdown, eight will ultimately be released from that. The, the people in those towers will be released into the stage three restrictions. So Daniel Andrews saying everything is on the line. He believes that there will be more hardship, um, but uh, that is the situation.
0: Mm-hmm. And so Paul, what has the federal response been to the broader lockdown of, of Melbourne? Well,
1: The lockdown of metropolitan Melbourne and the dramatic closure of the border with New South Wales is a massive disruption of the lives and livelihoods not only of Victorians, but in fact Australians everywhere. The state accounts for about a quarter of the national economy, and just an indicator of that is 7,000 trucks carrying freight and goods cross the uh, Victoria-New South Wales border every day. Anyway, midweek, Scott Morrison reached back to one of the most famous speeches of the Cold War to express solidarity. He took inspiration from the sentiment of US President John F. Kennedy in 1963, who identified with the citizens of Berlin. Divided by the wall, Kennedy famously said, Ich bin ein Berliner, I am a Berliner.
2: But we're all Melburnians now when it comes to the challenges we face. We're all Victorians now, because we're all Australians, and that's where the challenge is right now.
1: Morrison warned there's no way to hide from a pandemic and nothing is certain. This is a
2: virus that doesn't you know, communicate itself um, in terms of its intentions or how it's going to behave. We're, we're dealing with a lot of unknowns here, and that means that... Uh, Things shift quickly. There are no guarantees in a global pandemic. You have to deal with the situations that are in front of you.
1: We have to be ready to do whatever we can.
2: And you need to bring the country together to focus every resource on fixing the problem and ensuring that we can keep Australians safe and that we can protect lives and we can protect livelihoods.
1: And you know, Ruby, it's how you deal with challenges, or rather how lucky you are in dealing with them, that can mark a leader up or down. Unlike his Victorian Liberal counterparts, Morrison was not pointing the finger at the Labor Premier or blaming him for his handling of the pandemic so far. In fact, the Prime Minister sounded a realistic warning for the rest of the nation when he said the risk was there for all of us. It's happening in Melbourne now, of course,
2: there's always the risk it could happen in other cities. And every step is being taken to seek to prevent that wherever possible.
0: And this more conciliatory relationship between the two, is it is it new? Because it seems like there was a lot more hostility earlier on around borders and that sort of thing.
1: Well, Morrison and Andrews have in some ways surprisingly been on the same page all along, though there had been some friction over the extent of the first lockdowns. But this latest eruption demonstrates the extreme caution politicians of all stripes need in attempting to score political points from this highly infectious and unpredictable virus. You know, the criticism from Morrison and New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian of Queensland's Anastasia Palaszczuk for refusing to open her borders. Well, it looks very churlish now. Berejiklian and Morrison have no quibbles with Victoria's highly disruptive border closure. Berejiklian explains her backflip in terms of, um, well, Victoria's sudden deterioration. While Morrison, he denies his position has changed... He says it's containment, and that's a different thing. You've got to say, it's not the most convincing bit of marketing from the Prime Minister. But at this point in the pandemic, politicians aren't doing a lot of backward looking.
0: We'll be back in a moment.
1: The City of London
0: in Andrew O'Hagan's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future.
1: Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities.
0: I'm Michael Williams and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest Caledonian Road. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Paul, we're talking about the Victorian shutdown and the response from Scott Morrison. Federally, is the main concern economic?
1: Well, Ruby, the health concerns are very real and, in fact, are impacting the severity of the economic consequences. As the government's most senior Victorian minister, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, wrote in an opinion piece in the Herald Sun, that's where he quoted the acting chief medical officer, Paul Kelly. COVID-19, Kelly says, needs only the slightest encouragement to take off and can readily and rapidly get out of control. But the Treasurer outlined the extent of the mounting economic damage. Uh, this is a very severe economic downturn. Unlike the 80s and 90s recession, the shock has been both on the supply and the demand side in terms
2: of the reduction in hours worked. It's already greater than what we saw in the 80s and the 90s. Uh,
1: monetary. Frydenberg quoted his department's assessment that re-imposing lockdowns could cost the national economy $4 billion a week and Victoria $1 billion a week. This is a major challenge to the economic um, recovery, um, this is going to have an impact well beyond the victorian border it 's already starting to play out and lamented that the restoration in confidence we saw as Australia flattened the curve and states began lifting restrictions had now been interrupted by developments in Victoria. He noted that consumer confidence has fallen in the past two weeks, and that recovery is very much a confidence game. Mm-hmm. Frydenberg's observation about confidence uh, is also shared by the Reserve Bank governor's statement this week. Uh, In a nutshell, Philip Lowe summed up the nation's predicament along the lines, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. The statement, after the bank decided to keep official interest rates at near zero or 25 basis points on Tuesday, spelled out the challenge... It said uncertainty about the health situation and the future strength of the economy is making many households and businesses cautious and this is affecting consumption and business plans.
0: Okay, so was there any good news?
1: Well, there was a little bit. Uh, Governor Lowe said the downturn so far had been less severe than earlier expected. He said while total hours worked continued to decline in May, the decline was considerably smaller than in April and less than previously thought likely. He also noted a pickup in retail spending.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about the bad
1: news? There's always bad news, Ruby. Deloitte Access Economics partner Chris Richardson said the reimposed lockdown in Melbourne risks shattering that emerging fragile mood. Uh, This is a
0: different phase of the crisis. It isn't like early on uh, where there were cases popping up uh, all over. Uh, Now Australia has a geographically specific spike uh, and other things equal
1: just as a- while he says the impact on Victoria of the new lockdown might impose more economic pain than indicated in his latest business outlook, which was released on Monday, it'll still be around three per cent contraction Now that sounds small, but in economic terms. Uh, it's no-mere blip.
0: Deloitte says unemployment will be at high levels for quite a while. There's no need to worry about a lift in inflation. Interest rates will stay low for years and any wage gains are very unlikely. Some good news is
1: that it looks like... Richardson endorsed our political leaders taking the health threat more seriously than some other world leaders. He said good health policy remains good economic policy.
0: And so what are Josh Frydenberg and and Scott Morrison weighing up now?
1: Well, one of the big questions, obviously, is still the future of the $70 billion wage subsidy called JobKeeper and whether it'll be extended beyond its September cliff. Twice this week, Morrison flagged that the Treasurer's economic statement later in the month would continue the wage subsidy. He said it's just the scale of it and how it's targeted. That's what we've been working through. There's speculation, Ruby, in Canberra, the Treasurer will extend the subsidy at a cost of $35 billion. That means, though, many businesses and employees currently getting it will miss out. Now, if the six-week Victorian lockdown fails to contain the virus or we see similar explosions in Sydney or another state capital, it'd have to say the government will need to go back to the drawing board and be prepared to go even deeper into debt. That's certainly the message from Chris Richardson and, in fact, the RBA too.
0: Mm -hmm. So, once again, it looks like it will get harder before it gets easier.
1: Well, Ruby, the simple solution is a vaccine, but depending on what expert you listen to, that's still a year away at the earliest and maybe two. There'll be a lot more economic carnage in the meantime, Now, while Governor Lowe raises the spectre of the Great Depression, the fact is the structure of the economy and the understanding of how it works is much more sophisticated than 90 years ago. Back then, the establishment, business and their political mates thought even greater austerity was the answer. It wasn't, it just exacerbated the pain and the misery. Now, so far, business and the Morrison government today have shown they've learned that lesson. The challenge is, will they have the stomach to keep applying it? You know, they won't have any real choice.
0: Mm. And your thoughts, Paul, on whether Scott Morrison will be up to that challenge?
1: Well, I have to say, he's proven to be very pragmatic and he doesn't seem to have been hidebound or constrained by neoliberal economics to the extent that we thought he would be. I just think that uh, reality has bitten him on the bum and um, based on how he's responded so far, he'll continue in that vein.
0: Paul, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you. Bye, Ruby.
0: This year, The Saturday Paper celebrates 10 years as Australia's leading independent newspaper. In that time, it's built a peerless reputation for quality journalism, for telling stories that are ignored elsewhere. Subscribe now at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash subscribe. Also in the news, the Victorian government has announced that a police presence will continue at all nine of the public housing towers that were locked down in Melbourne, despite eight of them being released from strict lockdown. One of the buildings will remain in police-enforced quarantine for the next nine days after a number of coronavirus cases were detected there. Two towers, which had no detected infections, were released from the strict lockdown today and the other six will return to stage three restrictions from midnight, meaning those residents will be subject to the same restrictions as the rest of Melbourne. Premier Daniel Andrews said that 2,515 tests had been conducted across the towers since Saturday and 159 people had been diagnosed with COVID-19. Tower residents who tested positive or are a close contact of an infected person will be offered the option of staying in a hotel. Meanwhile, six aged care facilities in the state have now been placed into lockdown after aged care workers tested positive. And Australia will extend the visas of some Hong Kong citizens in response to China's crackdown on personal freedoms and dissent. Temporary work visa holders and student visa holders will now be able to stay in Australia for five years with a pathway available to permanent residency. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto and Michelle Macklem. Elle Marsh is our features and field producer in a position that's supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Brian compo mixes the show our editor is osman Faruqi. eric jensen is our editor-in-chief our theme music is by ned beckley and josh hogan of envelope audio new episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out i'm ruby jones this is 7am see you monday